0: Hey, guys, what's up? Welcome back to the show. This is Hunter McWaters. Uh Today, I got a really cool uh, guest, uh, Ryan Mickler from Order of Man. You probably heard of Ryan before. He's got a podcast and the social media presence um, all about manhood and masculinity. And he's also a hunter. And so we talk about a lot of um, cool stuff related to masculinity and manhood and what it means to be a man and why hunting is important. Also, weave in the spiritual element there and and talk about what it means to be uh, a man of God. And uh, it's a really, really interesting conversation. Um, You know, also, I know I have, you know, been looking at my downloads and stuff. I feel like I got a lot of new uh, people coming to the podcast lately, uh, kind of maybe with some of my stuff with Brian Call and Gritty. And so if you're new to the podcast, thank you for joining. I appreciate you. And um, also, you know, people that have been listening since the beginning, I really appreciate y'all support as well. So but if you are new, please just take a minute, it would help me out big time. If you like the podcast, uh, if you like the video content and stuff like that, just go to Apple. And just leave me a rating, or review. You know, leave me a written review if you can, or a five-star rating. Both of them are very helpful. You know, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and you can follow me on Instagram. Uh, YouTube, you just search my name, Hunter McWaters, or you can find me on Instagram at the Hunter's Quest. And you know, as you guys probably have noticed, um, doing some more stuff with Gritty. So I'm actually helping Brian to edit um, some of his films moving forward. I'm also going to be um, doing several hunts of them this year. I'm going to be able to get to um, hunt, but also film. So we're looking forward to that. It's exciting stuff. Um, You know, going to be helping Brian uh, and Brad to grow Gritty. And, you know, hopefully I'm going to continue building the Hunter's Quest as well. The podcasts are going to keep coming. Um, You know, the video content, some of it's going to go on Gritty. Some will be on my channel. So, I hope you guys will stick around for that. And if you have not yet, definitely go over to the Gritty YouTube channel, and watch the Kodiak film. Uh, it's my first hunt film. Um, it's gotten really good response so far. And my buddy Ned kills the 11th biggest Kodiak blacktail ever killed on record. So, and I got it all on camera at uh, a dramatic finish there at the end. So, if you have not yet, go to Brian Call's Gritty YouTube channel, watch the film. And, um, again, I want to say thank you to all the new listeners out there, but also especially thank you to guys that have been, you know, here from the beginning. And so, uh, looking forward to continuing to build this brand and, and, uh, interact with you guys and, and, and just pump out some really good content this year. Got a lot of really cool hunts and stuff lined up. So anyway, thanks again. Um, enjoy this podcast with Ryan Mickler. So, I'm here with my guest Ryan Mickler. How you doing, Ryan?
1: I'm good, brother. How you doing?
0: Good. So you are in Vermont, is that right?
1: Close, Maine.
0: Maine. Okay, cool. Another yeah. East Coaster. I don't rarely talk to other East Coasters. Where are you? Uh, Virginia.
1: Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. We moved here. My family and I moved here about uh, almost three years ago now. So we okay. we loved it. We've really enjoyed it.
0: Where are you from originally?
1: Southern Utah. Okay. big change. Nice. Yeah. I was just out in Utah. Yeah.
0: Beautiful out there.
1: Oh, we love it. It's amazing. Um, we were just ready for a new, a, a bit of an adventure and something different. And so, uh, you know, we, we moved out here across the country and my family and I have really enjoyed it. So it's all good.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. So <clears throat> did you, let's see, is that how you met up with Brian being out from Utah or did you know him somewhere else from somewhere else?
1: Brian. Who, Call. Brian who, Brian call. Oh, Brian call. Yeah, no, I knew him from Utah. Yeah, we were doing some business and things like that together. Um, I was really close with mountain ops at the time. So okay. that's how we connected. And yeah, so Brian's, Brian's an amazing guy, man. You can't, you can't help but love that guy. I was supposed to go on a hunt with him last year. Sorry, man, my, my focus on my camera's all jacked up. That's um, I was supposed to go on a hunt with him last year and we were going to go, we were a couple of weeks out, but my son ended up having a uh his first power lifting meet so uh, we couldn't go because i'm not gonna yeah. miss that to go on a sure. hunt. so yeah, yeah.
0: well yeah, yeah i was just out i was just staying in this house for a week because i'm gonna be doing some work with gritty and um and so y- y'all are doing a trip this year aren't you
1: yeah we're planning on it like i said our, our last year's got postponed and messed up so we're, we're hoping to make it work this year instead
0: sweet sweet um yeah so yeah, I saw you at the expo too. And like, I kept running to you like over and over. I was like, dude, I promise you, I'm not following you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love the Western expo. It's it was man, fun. We've, we've, it is, we've gone for, I think that was our fourth time, maybe third or fourth time. Obviously we didn't go last year, uh, where, where they canceled it. Right. But I always bring my boys up there, or out there and man, we have a great time. So it's good to see you. It's good to see everybody else. It's always yeah. fun to connect that way.
0: Yeah, it was really fun. Um, yeah. So, yeah, man, um, do you, I just did the, um, the CrossFit open workout. Are you into CrossFit at all?
1: I was before I moved out here. I was okay. big into CrossFit. I was, I did it for about four or five years. Uh, and now I'm so heavily focused on when it comes to my fitness stuff. So heavily focused on jujitsu. Gotcha. I mean, I, I trained jujitsu five days a week, so I don't, nice. I don't do CrossFit in addition to it.
0: Yeah. Although I heard um Chris Weaver once said that uh I think he said like if you do CrossFit and Jiu Jitsu, it's like cheating.
1: I don't doubt it. I mean <laughs> I, I I bet that's a hundred percent right. It's just where do you find the time? You exactly, know, on top yeah. of everything else you want to accomplish right. and everything else you want to do. So Yeah,
0: yeah, so you that's get a, the same- that's probably
1: hundred percent right
0: do you feel like you get the the same amount of like fitness from Cause I've been toying around with trying to do some jujitsu too, but like you said, it's the same thing, like I do CrossFit five days a week and I just don't have anywhere to squeeze it in. Um, yeah. but do you do you to get the same amount of fitness kind of level from the jujitsu or.
1: I don't, I don't think so. Um, it's just different, you yeah. know, Cro- CrossFit is, is pretty complimentary. I will say that, but even still it's, it's different, you know, yeah. to, uh, train jujitsu, use your, round- like you're just working different muscles, things you didn't know you had, you're working on flexibility. Yeah. You're working on that to a degree in CrossFit. And I'm not saying jujitsu's is better than CrossFit. It's just different. It's, it totally. would be like going from maybe not to the degree, but strength training versus training for a marathon. Gotcha. So I feel like I'm healthier and fitter in a lot of ways. Uh, I'm definitely more capable because yeah. when shit hits the fan, like your ability to do a 500 pound deadlift, it really only goes so far. <laughs> yeah, but your ability to choke somebody out could actually save your life, right? For sure. There's there's a lot of diminishing return. I think in the like specifically in the powerlifting space, you know these guys that lift you know seven, eight hundred pounds, a thousand pounds. I'm not knocking them like that. They're strong, and there's a skill set required and a level of discipline and commitment. But it's not totally translatable mm-hmm. to your everyday ordinary life. I mean, there's mm-hmm. a there's a minimum degree of strength we should all strive for. And then anything above and beyond that is not necessarily going to translate to life. Yeah. So you got to, for me, where I have four kids, I've got a couple of different businesses. Uh, I, I have my own hobbies and activities. I really have to choose the one that I think is going to serve me most effectively as broadly as possible. For and sure. that's why i I'm, I'm so active with the, the jujitsu stuff.
0: Yeah. I feel like just the, like, confidence you would have of just knowing like you can probably take most average guys on the street if you had to you know what i mean i mean maybe but it's interesting because i've had guys coming to crossfit
1: or, excuse me uh jujitsu where you know men just naturally we size people up so you look mm-hmm. at somebody else and you're like oh yeah i could crush this guy and then they run circles around you so <laughs> it's really hard to tell yeah who can actually hurt you and kill you and who can yeah,
0: yeah you know, so i not, not,
1: not to mention that everybody gets you know people get lucky from time to time and or they catch you off guard and so i think jujitsu is yes made me more capable from that standpoint but also made me more aware of like i'm not interested in getting in fights with people no i'm not, not interested in in getting into a potential life or death situation right if i have to it's good to know that i have some degree of capability in, in a physical altercation, but I really don't want to find myself in that position.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I grew up in Virginia beach, which is where there's tons of Navy seals stationed and stuff. And I don't go out to bars anymore, but like, I remember my dad, when I was younger and used to go out and stuff and my dad would always be like, do not get in a bar fight. You do not know around here who you're getting, who you're picking, <laughs> you know, getting in a fight with. You could exactly. get, in, you know what I mean? So there's, um, t-
1: there's tells, you know, you can look at somebody, my, yeah. my friend and Jiu-Jitsu instructor Pete Roberts, he's also the founder of Origin, told me the other day, he's like, I can just look at somebody and know if they train jiu-jitsu. I'm like, how do you know? He's like, I don't know. I've just been around long enough I can tell. <laughs> yeah. And I believe that. But then there's also, you know, if you the old adage, if you see somebody with cauliflower ear, oh like, yeah. Probably best just to leave them alone. Yeah. But then there's an also an X factor that comes with having a level of confidence and proficiency where you can feel it and see it in another, another man. And you can distinguish between somebody who's trying to bullshit and, and has ego versus somebody who's genuinely competent and confident in themselves yeah. to administer righteous violence if necessary.
0: <laughs> For sure, man. Um, so yeah. Um, I know you're a hunter. Did you have a, a, did you have a good hunting season this year? Did you get any adventures?
1: Yeah. I had a great season actually. Like I say, actually, cause it doesn't always go like that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I went to Hawaii
0: Ooh, nice. with some
1: buddies. Yeah, it was cool. We went to the island of Molokai and I was able to harvest an axis deer out there with my bow. That's cool. Which was like the hardest hunt I've ever done. Really? Yeah, dude. They're so turned on and they're twitchy and they're fast and they don't stop and they're just, they're crazy animals, but they're delicious. So I heard. yeah, that was cool. Um, and then after I was done with my hunt on Molokai, I went over to the Big Island with my family mm-hmm. and one of my buddies lives out on the Island. And he said, Hey man, if you want to come hunt, come hunt. So I took me and my son and his friend who came to Hawaii with us. And I, and I, uh, we all, 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 there was four of us. I took two of my sons and his friend and we went and hunted goat on, on the big Island, on the lava mm-hmm. rocks, the big Island. That was rad. So I was able to shoot a goat out there. Nice. Um, my son shot a goat. We thought it killed it. Like he shot him with a, I shot mine with my bow and he shot one with the rifle and the thing dropped and it just went legs up like stiff and just died and i'm like sweet so he sets the rifle down and i get up i'm all stoked and i'm yelling i'm like good job buddy like he crushed him and we went down there we started to walk down and he like popped up and ran <laughs> 4 miles and we watched no him way. run off yeah it was crazy and we couldn't go where this this goat ran wow. so we weren't able to harvest him but the, my buddy's like don't worry he's going to live like I think he just kind of hit him in the below the spine above the vitals. So he hit yeah. him in that no man's land and just yep. stunned the crap out of him. Uh, and then I actually went after that, I had a fall hunt in Minnesota mm. and I shot a white tail of my dreams. Nice. And like not a huge rack, but the thing weighed, like, I'm not exaggerating 293 pounds on the wow. hoof. Wow. So that's crazy. this was it's a tank, a behemoth of a Minnesota whitetail. Yeah. And I've been doing this hunt, this particular hunt with some friends about six or seven of us for, I think that was my fourth year. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I, I can slay does all day long. <laughs> I <I've> shot, <laughs> shot like 12 does to every one buck that I've shot, you know? Yeah. And I did shoot a doe out there the first day or no, the second day I was out there. And then, um, you know, day three or four, I ended up putting one down on a on a nice, like a really nice buck. So that's awesome. That's a whole other story in and of itself. But yeah, I had a pretty good hunt season, man. Felt good about it.
0: Is there any uh good hunting around you in Maine?
1: Yeah, I mean where I am, we're 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 about an hour and a half north of Portland. So we're we're in the foothills of, of of the mountain ranges here in Maine, which aren't really mountains. That's what they call them here. They're more like hills. You yeah. know, if you think about the rock compared to the Rocky Mountains, for example. Sure. Um. So yeah, like where we are, it's pretty scarce. My son and I go out every year. My my wife and I go out, and you know we'll see deer. We've got our our cameras out, and we've got a food plot that we're working on. So we've definitely nice. seen more deer over the past two and a half years of being out here than we have in the past because we're we're trying to make that happen sure but but even still it's a little scarce lots of turkey my son shot his very first turkey last year which was cool um nice. on our property which makes it even better mm-hmm. but as far as hunting goes like where i am anyways it seems pretty scarce i think if you get about an hour and a half to two hours north you start getting into quite a bit of deer and you get into a lot of moose up there as well so our moose uh, nice. lottery registration is open right now. So mm. my sons and I, and my wife, we're all putting in for that. So this is our third year putting in for it. So we're keeping our fingers crossed on the moose.
0: Yeah. That'd be yeah, cool, man. man. Yeah, so, man. um, so yeah, I want to hear just a little bit. I know, I think probably a lot of my listeners have heard of order of man and heard of you, but, um, just for guys who might be less familiar, like, I just love to hear a little bit about your personal story, kind of like your background, and like what led you to start Order of Man, and like what is Order of Man?
1: Yeah, I wish I had a cool story about it. I really don't. <laughs> like my story is probably very similar to other people that have started podcasts. We're like, hey, this is a cool subject. This is something I'm interested in talking about, and then they just launch a podcast. And look, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna downplay the fact that we've done some things right. We certainly have. Uh, but also our timing was pretty good, and, mm-hmm. and not that I deliberately timed it that way. It's just that we got into it seven years ago. Yeah. But, yep. So the fact right that we're still doing it seven, yeah, exactly. And I that's mean, really round. old for
0: a podcast.
1: It is. It is. It's been, and that's why we have success. Like mm-hmm. it has less to do with how great and wonderful I can interview people, and more to do with the fact that we've just been around long enough where <laughs> we captured a lot of the attention. Yeah. Uh, and 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 also people that have left podcasting like all of their audiences trying to find somebody else. And so here we are seven years later with our, our, uh, our flag planted in the ground and they're like, Oh, okay, well this, I guess, you know, so maybe some of it's good and maybe it's like, Oh, just default. I guess this guy will (laughs) work, but (laughs) it's been good, man. You know? So I started it. I was, I was doing another podcast with my financial planning practice at the time. This was seven Mm. years ago. And I realized very quickly, I love the medium of podcasting, having conversations like, like this with you and other yeah. people. And I just didn't want to have the same conversation I was having uh, with with regards to the um, the financial planning stuff. So right. I, I needed some help in my life. I I was, you know, the business was fairly doing fairly well. My relationship was okay. Like things were good. They were mediocre. They were fine. And, and I thought, man, I really want to have some coaching, some one-on-one coaching with people that I'm inspired by. And mm-hmm. these are men, you know, that that are doing things that I want to be doing. So I thought, well, why don't I just pivot the podcast? I'll I'll talk with these guys and I'll invite them onto my podcast. And in return, you know, I'll share it with my audience, which was literally like five people at the time. So uh, if they would have known that, they probably wouldn't have come on the podcast, <laughs> but i may or may not have disclosed that to them (laughs) and i started in march of 2015 and it's been a meteoric rise since yeah we've interviewed i think 370 ish wow incredible men uh we have two other uh episodes that we do each and every week Mm -hmm. so we're i think we've i think we've done 850 ish episodes wow of the podcast. And then we, you know, we started to bring in things that guys were interested in. They were interested in getting together face to face. And now we have events. They were interested in a brotherhood. So we have what's called our iron council, which is our digital brotherhood. Um, They wanted a hat. They wanted a shirt. So as we see trends and solutions that people are looking for, you know, we stand in that gap and we provide the solutions and we've had a pretty tremendous rise Um, because again, a lot of things we've done, right. And a lot of things we just happen to time it pretty well by, you just Some did Fortuitous it. events. Yeah. Well, that's part of it too. You know, how, you know, like how many people have said, well, I'd like to start a podcast. Well, why yeah. don't you? Well, you know, I have a family and I have a life and I have a business and I have this and I have, yes, great. So do you. So do I. Yep. Like like you, what, so what you're saying is that we don't have those things. Right. And that you can only start a podcast if you have free time and you're independently wealthy. Well, that's not me. <laughs> like, I don't know about you. Yeah. But um, you know, you just do it, you make it work and you make it happen. And if it's something worth pursuing, then you figure out a way to make it, make it happen.
0: Yeah. I started this thing about a year ago or a little over a year ago and, um, you know, had a full-time job. I got two kids and, um, but like you said, you're creating content at the same time. You're literally just networking and having an hour long conversation with like really cool people and learning. And it's just, it's amazing. The stuff that I've learned and the doors that have opened just from having these conversations, you know? Well,
1: I, so you're still working another job. It sounds like full-time.
0: So actually just recently have left my job and I'm going full-time into this and also video production, you know, working with some oh, gritty sweet. and doing some of my own stuff as well. Just released yeah. my first film. I don't know if you got a chance to check it out, but Brian released it on his channel. So you get a oh, minute, maybe check it. it out. Yeah,
1: I will. Yeah. Congrats, man. That's like, that's a, that's a very cool transition. Um, and and then to be able to make that happen like not a lot of people can so props to you dude that's awesome like it's um it's a pretty cool thing i I was saying this on social media the other day is like my job is to talk with extraordinary people Mm -hmm. (laughs) like what (laughs) is that like that is an incredible yeah i'm so fortunate i'm so blessed because i literally talk to awesome people all day yeah I can't think of a better
0: thing to do. That's pretty cool, man. Um, so yeah, moving on a little bit and this is kind of a broad question, but like, you know, especially these days, like gender issues and all this stuff is so politicized and there's so much going on with it. Um, which is why I think it's so important that we have voices like yours. Um, but you know, I think, I think I saw something recently. I think you put it on your social media and something along the lines of like, you know, um, males are born, but like men are made kind of, kind of thing. So, I mean, what, what do you think goes into making a man? And that can be in respect to, you know, things that we can do, uh, ourselves, um, to develop as men or even, you know, guys that might have sons. Like I know your son has, um, I know you've you've been you launched a podcast recently um about that so what 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 goes into making a man you think
1: so i i I pulled this up on instagram about what you were referencing i said all men are male but not all males are men yeah Yeah, that's what i said (laughs) and people lost their minds you know it's (laughs) hilarious Because that shouldn't be controversial. In fact, it's not controversial. The only thing, the only reason that's controversial when you're talking about transgenderism a minute ago is because we don't have enough real shit to worry about. Yep, that's true. Like, do you think the people in Ukraine that are being attacked by Russia right now are worried about transgenderism?
0: Yeah, no. You
1: you think they're worried about defunding the police? You think they're worried about uh, preserving um, uh, conservative values or, or trying to, progress past those values. Like they're not worried about that. They're worried about something that's real, like a real life and death situation. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we're worried about dumb shit. Like you go into Starbucks and the the 16 year old kid puts the wrong flavor in your mocha Frappuccino and you lose your (laughs) freaking mind over it. It's like, that's your issue today. Yeah. Like that's, that's congratulations. That's your biggest problem. Yeah. What a cool life that you have. (laughs) So we get wrapped up into a lot of bullcrap that just frankly doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. But that said, when you ask me, what does it mean to be a man? I mean, it's on my hat, protect, provide, preside. Mm. Our job as men is to be protectors, providers, and presiders, which is synonymous with leadership presiders over and for people for ourselves, for our loved ones, and for also for people who can't do it themselves. Mm. So if a man is working on becoming more proficient towards those avenues, then that's, that's what we'd call manly behavior. And one of the posts or one of the comments that I got quite often on that post that I made about not all, all males are men is people said, well, what, who, who makes you, who gets to make you to decide, like, who are you to decide what makes a man? It's not me. It's thousands and thousands of years of human history. Yeah. There's a great book called manhood in the making. I think it's, I think it might be that one right there, (laughs) manhood in the making um, by David Gilmore. And what he did is he went through and he studied it and researched cultures throughout time and history. Many of these cultures had not even been introduced Mm. to each other. So there was no level of influence or introduction to these tribes and these cultures. And he found striking similarities between the way that the majority, the overwhelming, the vast, if not all majority of tribes and cultures looked at masculinity. And surprise, surprise, it's about being a protector. Mm-hmm. It's about providing for your family. It's about leadership. So this isn't like a clever mantra based on alliteration, although it sounds good. It's reality. Yeah. <clears throat> so do I get to decide? No. Thousands of human years of human history and some people will say well we've evolved past that yeah we've evolved past that when things are perfect and you're worrying about your mocha frappuccino yeah but when shit hits the fan do men like does society in general turn to the woman to fight their battles no
0: right they're turning who are you to say we've evolved past that maybe we've devolved past that
1: (laughs) well in a lot of ways our culture is a completely degenerate culture devoid of any meaning and purpose and value and honor. So mm. that's a good, that's a really good point. Who are you to say we've evolved? I think in a lot, of, in many ways we have. I mean, if yeah. you look at um, our susceptibility to illness, if you look at the level of wealth and abundance and the, and the access to prosperity and the access to clean drinking water and technology and information and, mm-hmm. and, and, and wealth, you know, yes, we've evolved in a lot of ways. And then if you look at the filth and the degeneracy and the nonsense Mm -hmm. and the suicide rates and the violence and the vitriol and hostility towards each other, then in many ways we've devolved.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, So, I mean, why do you think there's been such an attack on manhood and masculinity in the last... I don't know. It, it's, it's really become evident in the last, you know, five, 10 years. But even before that, I mean um, like my dad, you know, I was just to be like oh, dad, whatever. But like I remember when he's a little kid talking about how like on every sitcom you see, like the dad is like this buffoon, this like idiot kind of guy. It's kind of like something that's, it's kind of been infiltrating for a while and now it's kind of rearing its ugly head. I feel like, like, where do you think this attack on masculinity and manhood is coming from?
1: I, you know, I've thought a lot about the entertainment industry with every dad and man portrayed as a buffoon. And I'm like, well, see, they're doing it on purpose. And I'm like, I don't know. I mean, is it really that coordinated or is it just, it's funny and they can make a few bucks. And I think it tends to be more that because we all, we all laugh at Homer Simpson, right? It's funny. Yeah. You know, so is that a deliberate attack on masculinity? I don't, I don't think so. Now that said, I think there is some bigger players at work here and, truthfully and honestly speaking, men represent a threat to those who want to exert their dominance and power over society at whole, you know? So if you look at the government, you know, the government isn't interested in having individuals. It isn't interested in, 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 in teaching self-reliance. The government is interested in you being its subjects. Mm -hmm. And if you're a strong, capable, independent man, who's, Attempting to pass those values on to your children, then you're a threat directly to the government. So Mm. the government has a very vested interest from their own from their own desires to squash any sign of independent, capable masculinity. Um, It's the same thing with academia. You know, academia is filled with a bunch of horrible, horrible people who want nothing more than to brainwash our children and make them believe some of these concepts that have just proven time and time again, like communism, for example, to be responsible for the slaughtering quite literally of millions and millions of people. Mm -hmm. And who is it that stand, you know, you think about the greatest generation who stands up against these atrocities, strong, independent, capable men. Mm -hmm. So if you don't want to be threatened, what do you do? You got to get after the men. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got to. You got to go after the men because the less strong, the less capable, the less assertive, the less intelligent, the less bold they are, the less emboldened, the more sovereign they are, the less likely it is you that you, as a government um, or an actor of the government uh, or academia, are going to be able to fend off, you know, and, and those those attacks against your own desires. But we even see it in the medical community. The American Psychological Association has quite literally, you guys can go look at the study yourself, don't take my word for it, but has quite literally deemed the virtues that we would inherently con- attribute to masculinity like stoicism, aggression, violence, dominance to being inherently toxic and destructive to our young men. Hmm. I, heard a, I heard a podcast this morning where uh, a, I don't know if it was a woman or a man, They seem to be interchangeable these days, but they're really not because words mean something. So I believe it was a man who thought he was a woman say that uh, it's destructive. It's harmful to ascribe to these traditional gender roles. Really show me that. Like, show me, like, that's a clever little tagline. You're going to get a bunch of people riled up about it. Some in agreement, some in disagreement, like prove to me, like, show me why that's the case. Yeah. Because I'd be willing to bet that if we looked at the suicide rates between those who are confused about what gender they are and those who aren't, suicide yeah. rates, depression, anxiety, mental illness is significantly higher in those who don't understand what gender they are. So you, so you show me and you, like I'm not interested in your little buzzwords. I'm not interested in what you think, like you show me why those who ascribe to what you call traditional gender roles are, are harmed because right. of that and i'll show you five to ten to twenty who don't ascribe to traditional gender roles, who are significantly more mentally ill than those who who do yeah so like
0: and not to mention the, the thousands medias. of years of human history where people ascribe to traditional gender rules and did just fine
1: yeah but that you know that's because uh the the tyrannical patriarchy that kept everybody down <laughs> and didn't allow anybody to express themselves as who they truly were you know i see these transgender people and I' are like well, this is who I am. No, it's actually exactly opposite of who you are. Like you're not being who you truly are. You're trying to make yourself into something you're not. So of course, there's a lot of confusion. Of course, there's a lot of frustration. If we could teach our youth in particular, how to embrace who they are as men and women. And that's not to say that you're not going to have feminine men or masculine women. I know both in my life. I know some very feminine men. I don't think less of them. I just, they're just more feminine in nature. And I know some masculine women, I don't think less of them as women. I just know they're going to be generally more masculine than their the rest of their female counterparts, but that doesn't make them women or men. It just, they are what they are. They just happen to be more masculine or more feminine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's not this like third tier, this third class or the 17th class of gender. It just means you're a man or a woman barring intersex people, which I know is a thing that's a legitimate medical thing. Yeah. Um, but outside of that, you're a man or a woman, and that's who you really are—not something yeah. you feel like you want
0: to be. Yeah, for sure. And and going back to what you were saying earlier about how the um, they've classified you know these masculine uh, traits as inherently damaging to our young people, like it, it just brought to mind like the other day, my sister texted me and she was like, legitimately worried. She's like, I need your advice on my on her son, my nephew. He's like, you know, he's really into. War and you know army Stuff and technically like and she's like I'm Worried like and I was like Megan I, or I was like I don't know if you remember But like when I was his age I was obsessed With army stuff and you know I spent all my allowance at the surplus Store and like you know you, you might you know obviously there's a balance There if they're like you know going off the deep End but like channel it into you know sports Martial arts hunting um But that's normal like that's A little boy you know and How it's just, old is he? Twelve
1: Yeah. I mean, come on.
0: I was literally running around my neighborhood in army fatigues and grease paint at his age. Like (laughs) (laughs) that's what we did for fun.
1: Well, he's just getting into the stage now where, you know, his hormones are going to start changing. He's going to start hitting puberty. Um, Testosterone production is going to ramp up in his little body. Um, He's going to start putting on muscle. He's going to hit growth spurts. He's going to become more aggressive. He's going to become more confrontational. Not only is this factually true, but I can see it anecdotally in my own son. Who turns 14 uh, mm. later this month? Like, this is the reality of it. And so you can try to subdue it and you can try to squash it and you can try to tell him that it, he's evolved past this or, you know, we don't need this in society or it's, or, you, or even worse, you can tell him he's toxic because yeah. he's exhibiting those traits. Or you could say, hey, he wants to be physical. He wants to protect. He wants to provide for people. He wants to be capable. Yeah. So, how can, to your point you just made a minute ago, can we harness this in productive ways? Martial arts, jujitsu, hunting, exercise, sports. Mm. Those are the, the positive outlets that men, that young, young men and, and men, full grown men, need to be able to harness these masculine traits for productive outcomes. You know, so many people say masculinity is inherently toxic. And then you have another side of the camp that says masculinity is inherently positive. Actually, no, it's neither. It's not inherently toxic or productive. It just is, Mm. you know, it's like saying, um, the wood behind you on your wall is positive. Is it, I don't, (laughs) I don't know. Like, or is it negative? No, it just depends on how you use it. Right. Right. And so if you're using it to produce for yourself and other people, then yeah, it's a positive thing, right? Like you could even take hunting if you're out there slaughtering a bunch of animals just for the sake of killing animals, then yeah, yeah, that's destructive. That's harmful. You're not being a great steward over your resources, but if you're, if you're doing it ethically and you're harvesting what you're going to eat or what somebody else is going to eat and you're utilizing the animal and you're respecting the animal and you're trying to make a minimal footprint on the environment as you go Mm. in and harvest an animal and drag that animal out of the woods to consume, then that's a very positive thing. And masculinity is the same way. If you're using it to hurt people, like if you're being violent and you're trying to hurt people, then yes, that's not productive, right. obviously. But if you're using violence or aggression to go after what you want in righteousness or to protect somebody who's being victimized, then I think we could all agree that's a very positive use of masculinity.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's so the other thing too I said her was like, you know, direct him to, um, I said, first of all, we actually... The warrior, you know, archetype or the warrior ethos is something that we need in society, you know, have them look at uh, positive warriors like David or Gideon from the Bible, um, you know, and and go that route. And because if you try to suppress it, like you said, and tell him it's toxic, it just could come out some other way in a really toxic way, you know, if he's trying to suppress that or whatnot.
1: But even David, you know, we we all think of David and Goliath and we think about how heroic and, and courageous he was, but he went bad, you know, so.
0: Yeah, he made he, mistakes. He,
1: exactly. So it's not really what you are. It's how you utilize what you have and whether you're trying to be productive for you and your people or you're trying to be harmful and destructive for those individuals.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, along that note, too, I mean, one of the you know, themes of the podcast is spirituality and Something I've seen over time that's kind of sad to me, and I even kind of bought into the lie a little bit um, at one point in my life was, um, I I don't I get you know I would say maybe it's the enemy, and I mean like the spiritual enemy, uh, like the devil, but there's kind of this like lie that I feel like is has infiltrated that um, spirituality or like being religious is feminine and like there's kind of like the macho thing of like, uh, you know, churches for women or whatever. Like, oh have you seen that? Woods,
1: That's where my God is.
0: Right. Yeah, right. I, have you seen that?
1: Yeah. And they're not wrong actually. You know, I, I don't think spirituality is feminine, but very, uh, quite a bit of, of religion is like, I don't, mm. I don't, I don't think that's wrong. I think there's a lot of validity to what people say when, when they feel feminine at, at church, because think about what church is you go in there and somebody lectures and preaches at you and tells you what you're doing right and what you're doing wrong um and by the way i'm religious i'm both spiritual and religious there's a difference i'm both for sure but i see it from from the perspective that yeah there's some validity to that and it's been overly feminized um women are even becoming leaders in many of these christian church congregations trying to tell men how they should perform and how they should behave like show me where that's a biblical principle
0: it not direct. Paul says the direct opposite: do not let a woman usurp authority over a man.
1: You see what I'm saying? So, um, well, that's I guess that's
0: where I draw the line. Is like you said earlier, there's a difference between spirituality and religiousness. And so, when I say that, I'm kind of inherently coming to discussion with uh, from a spiritual perspective in terms of, um, in terms of like being a triune man, being you know paying attention to your physical fitness, your spiritual, and your mental. Um, so I would agree with you that there is a lot of feminism has infiltrated the church but i I almost don't even i'm not even really talking about that when i when I mention spirituality I'm more talking about men developing their relationship with God in a you know in your secret time in your secret place um and that and that kind of thing
1: yeah but i and I being think a spiritual of leader reason... of your household, sure. I think part of the reason a lot of men believe that is they believe they're subjecting themselves to something else. And mm. by definition, you are, you know, I'm subjecting True. myself to God's will and his authority and dominion over me. And that might on the surface seem, uh, seem counterintuitive with regards to masculinity, but it really isn't. So let's use a concept that I think all men can appreciate as masculine or at least they, uh, they resonate with discipline equals freedom. Let's mm-hmm. just take that for a second. Like every man listening to this knows of Jocko and, and they've heard his podcast and they've heard his, and Aristotle said through discipline comes freedom 2000 years ago. So these aren't mm-hmm. new concepts. So if somebody says, well, you know, I feel less masculine because I'm subjecting myself to God's authority. Do you feel the same about waking up when your alarm goes off at six o'clock every morning? No. Right. Do you feel like you're subjecting yourself to somebody else's authority when you get up and you go into your job? Like you wake up, you go work for an organization or a company. Do you feel like you're less manly because you go work for this organization? No, not necessarily. Yeah. Right. And then you come home and your wife asks you if you can help out around the house with a few things before dinner. Do you feel less masculine or manly because you're helping her take care of your house together? Yeah. No. Okay. Well, why are you like, you, nobody's forcing you to follow God. God's not God. God explicitly said that you have agency over your life. Like you, Mm -hmm. it's one of the greatest benefits and blessings that we have is that you get to choose. So are you subjecting yourself to God's authority? Yes. Voluntarily.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Nobody's exerting their dominance over you. Right now, if they were, and you weren't willing to stand for that, that might be something else. But when you voluntarily decide to follow a path or a pattern, that you think is going to be best. Here's another example. Let's say uh, you're really into David Goggins or Andy mm-hmm. Frasilla with 75 hard uh, or or, in, or Jordan Peterson, 12 rules for life. These are all guys that men follow qu- quite, quite religiously, if you will. Do you think that you're being less manly because you're following Jordan Peterson's 12 rules for life or that you're being less manly as you exercise 75 hard or right. being less manly because you try to Uh, embrace what david goggins teaches in 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 what he shares in his message No, okay that's the same thing you're voluntarily following those precepts because you think they're going to serve you in a better way yeah that's not unmanly
0: yeah and if you're going to follow anybody it might as well be the one who created the universe right not like some other guy
1: I would think, I mean, let's also, there's things to be learned from, from man. Let's not, you know, we don't want to take it there because other, because I've heard, I've heard some religious zealots are like, well, I shouldn't be learning from you. I should only be learning from God. It's like, well, also truth is everywhere Mm -hmm. and you don't have to worship me in order to implement something that maybe I taught you or was valuable in your life. I'm not asking you to hold me up on some divine pedestal, but Mm -hmm. maybe there is something that can be learned. So we got to hold people in the right place.
0: Yeah. And, you know, another thing, too, that I think is lost a lot today, because like you're saying, you know, people immediately go to, well, I have to surrender to God. I have to bow the knee to Jesus or whatever. At the same time, something that's lost, I feel like a lot is Jesus says, I've given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the powers of the enemy and nothing shall by any means harm you. So like. Yes, in a way you are surrendering to Jesus, but then he gives us dominion. And it talks a lot in the Bible about how we have dominion through through Christ over all the powers of the enemy, even over nature and stuff like that as well. Well, I think
1: there's a, a misconception among many Christians that they, if they need something or want something, they have to put it on the shoulders and feet of God. Right, And I don't, I don't agree with that. Many you know, times we're
0: told to do the thing ourselves. Like we don't talk to God about the mountain. We tell God, we tell the mountain to move.
1: In his behalf in his name. Right. Yeah. So he's already given you everything that you need to thrive and win. And so you're like, so I hear people say things like, well, you know, if it's God's will, well, I can tell you right now, God's will is for you to be fulfilled in life. Yes. Like, that's not even a question.
0: Right. Like Jesus I, we always healed. know
1: that. Right. We, we already know it's God's will for you to be fulfilled. So what I feel like a lot of people are doing when they say things like that, "Oh, if it's meant to be, if it's God's will, is they're putting the responsibility on right. God's shoulders and it doesn't yep. belong on his shoulders. Yep. It belongs on yours. I think about that with my own kids and, and I'm not comparing my relationship with my kids to God's with mine, but it, it will help us is sure. I can't solve all of my children's problems, especially as they get older. Yeah. They have control and authority over their own lives. I want the best for them. I can guide and direct and mentor and coach and give resources. but at the end of the day, they have to make their own decisions. Mm-hmm. and I have to honor their ability to do so. because if I force them to make a good decision, it wasn't really a decision.
0: Yeah. Exactly. And there's no
1: virtue in being forced to do something that's good. like right. if 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 um let, let's say, like we can all agree that working out and exercising is good for us. and And let's say that somebody had some sort of control over me. And, and said, you will work out. I'm going to put a gun to your head if you don't work out every single day for an hour. Okay. You're going to reap the benefits of working out. Sure. But does that make you a disciplined person, a virtuous person? No, you only did it because somebody had a gun to your head. Right. What makes you virtuous is getting up and sacrificing it and doing it, knowing that you don't have to, yeah. that you could be spending your time doing something else and yet still making the decision that's going to serve you and yours best.
0: Yep. Yeah. Like, like you just said with your kid, I mean uh, like your son, mature sons do what they're supposed to do. Like they operate off of commander's intent. Like I know what God would want me to do in the situation. I don't need to ask for a leading or a special word or guidance. I know God wants this. This is wrong. This needs to be right. So I'm a mature son. I'm going to make it right. I don't need to ask permission first. Right. Right. So anyway, that's good stuff, man. Um, you know, along that same note, you know, another one of the themes of the podcast is, is hunting. And, um, you know, I feel like a lot of these, these attacks on, um, you know, spirituality, um, and, and other things there, there's rarely a full frontal assault. It's kind of usually kind of infiltrates its way in and, and stuff like that. Um, and, uh, so I've seen a little bit of like subtle infiltration into even like the hunting and the outdoor world, like erosion, um, in terms of stuff like that. Have you seen any of that in your, uh, in your um, work?
1: I don't think so. I think if anything, I've noticed a resurgence in hunting. I I've only been hunting for about five years. So I, I may not have known what it was like 20 years ago outside of the relationships I have with my friends and people that I, that I interact with who are hunters, Yeah, but I've never really, you know, I experienced people, if I post something about hunting uh, or say something, you know, there's always the idiots who come in and say, well, you know, hunting's bad and we've evolved past that and you're evil and you should die. You know, there's always that, (laughs) but I don't, I don't know that's any more prevalent than it's ever been. Right. You know, and I guess that's something we're always going to have to deal with.
0: I guess there's, I've seen a little bit of this kind of um, move to just for little subtle things. Like you can't say, Oh, I killed this animal. It's like, I harvested it. And like all this kind of, yeah, for sure. There's PC
1: sides of it. Right. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Like, like, it's not totally bad. The first hunt I ever went on, um, was with a friend of mine and, uh, I shot a deer. In fact, it's, uh, you can't really see, but it's, I'd have to move my camera, but it's up here. I shot a deer. And, uh, I was going to take a picture and he's like, Hey, just so you know, if we ever take a picture, like, the deer's tongue was hanging out. I was like, put the yeah. tongue back in the deer's mouth. Like, because you want to be respectful. Sure. So I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with paying homage or respect to an animal. And then there's also mm-hmm. the optics of it. You know, I don't, I don't want to be posting a bunch of gruesome pictures. I can, and I don't think it's totally gross. I think it's actually kind of beautiful when you harvest an animal mm-hmm. or, or kill an animal, if you want to use that verbiage <laughs> and you take, and you take the heart out and you grill it and you eat the animal's heart. Like that doesn't bother me. But if that bothers other people, then I'm going to fight on that front, too, because it is a fight. You know, if we don't fight for our rights as hunters, those those rights are going to be eroded away by people who are willing to be nasty and vitriol and more vocal than than we are. So we just have to be just as vocal. Um, Yeah, but like, let's not pretend it. It's something different than it is when I go out into the woods, whether I get a moose tag this year and I go out. Like I am trying to kill a moose and consume its flesh. Yeah. That doesn't bother me. It probably bothers other people. Um, And so I am aware of it, but.
0: Yeah. I guess I've just seen some people get like too much like, oh, it's, it's, it's not about, you know, harvesting animal. It's really about the experience. And yeah, I get that totally. But at the end of the day, like. When you're hunting, you're going with a weapon in your hand. Yes, the killing is a big part of it. Like, we shouldn't be ashamed of that is all I'm trying to say. Well, um, look,
1: if it wasn't about the hunt, then you would just go out. Just go and hiking. You would take your camera with you and you go yeah. hike and you would get as close as you could to a mature animal and you would take a picture of it. If yeah. that's really all it was about. For sure. You know, so we know it's not. It's about killing the animal and bringing it back and putting that animal on, on your family and friends, dinner table. <laughs>
0: yeah. That's so why you're be ashamed that. of it. So, no, um, because
1: if you're ashamed, like, why are you ashamed? This goes back to our uh, conversation about the gospel. Um, I think it's, uh, it could be Romans 1:16. I might be off, but I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, right? Like if you truly believe in it, mm-hmm. then don't be ashamed of it. And if you sure. truly believe that hunting is the path, and that it's righteous and virtuous and it makes you a better person or there's nothing wrong with it, then you shouldn't be ashamed of it. Now, yes, yes, you can paint it in the best light possible for the optics of it, but yeah, you should proudly talk about who you are and what you do and why it's good.
0: Yeah. I feel like also like, like we were talking about with my nephew earlier, like channeling him into hunting, um, you know, why or do you feel that hunting is a good tool, um, in producing a healthy ma- healthily masculine male and like why why so
1: well i mean the answer of course is yes there's a lot of reasons for that number 1 you're actually going out and spending time with your male male elders that's mm. one of the biggest reasons uh, cuz like a young boy might be on video games he might be on tiktok or social media he might be inundated with his mom with other moms doing play dates and this kind of thing which like i'm not inherently (laughs) against any of that but so if you look at tribes throughout history um this is this is a common practice where there was a ritual there was a a rite of passage for the young boys to become men Mm. and the the male elders of the tribe including the father would quite literally take the young man from his mother and the women of the village and they would go out into the wilderness And they were presented with a challenging task, something that required bravery Mm. and courage and sacrifice. And upon completion of that task or series of tasks, they were typically marked in some way. So they were circumcised uh, or they were tattooed or they were branded something to visually represent the fact that they were no longer a boy and they had a seat at the table with men. Mm-hmm. And that's what hunting does. Now, I'm not saying we need to go out and brand our kids as they shoot their first deer, but there is a sign- a signifying factor there that shows not only the rest of the village, the family, but also shows that boy that you are now among us. You have a seat at the table with the men. For sure. And I think that's crucial. And not to mention... Like I said earlier, the bravery, the courage, the sacrifice, the commitment, the dedication, the physical confrontation, the hardship, taking another animal's life, which is a bittersweet moment. Mm -hmm. The first time I shot a deer, I looked down at that thing and I thought, this is a majestic, beautiful creature, and I killed it. And I still feel like that when I see a dead animal that I've shot with my bow or my rifle and think, I did that. And we need to come to terms with that. You're going to sit down and you're going to wolf down a burger at dinner. You better damn well know where it comes from. And you better damn well understand the sacrifices of that animal and that you had to make yourself, your feelings, the the way that you interact with nature. That's natural and it's good. And we need a closer relationship. Boys and girls need to understand that relationship.
0: For sure, man. Um, so where can people find you if they want to hear more? Of your stuff this has been a great conversation. I wish we could talk more, maybe some other time, but um, <laughs> yeah, where can sure. people find more of your stuff, man?
1: Yeah. If you go to, well, you're listening to a podcast. So order of man, wherever you're listening is our podcast, Orderofman.com is our headquarters. And then you can connect with me on the socials, all at Ryan Mickler on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all the places you can find what we're doing
0: cool man well thanks again i really appreciate your time i know you're a busy guy so i appreciate you making some time for me and uh, i've enjoyed our conversation
1: you bet brother thanks for having me
0: yeah man